It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. For today's Locked On Reds, I've got with me Chad Dotson, and the man in charge of Red Leg Nation Radio and the author of The Big 50, a future new york times bestseller i'm sure of it. It, it it's not already is it i haven't checked lately I, it probably is it's getting close receiving votes right it's got to be at least receiving <laughs> right, exactly it's up there <laughs> but uh chad how are you doing today man doing great doing great glad to talk to you again hey absolutely glad to have you on i'm feeling pretty good I mean, we're talking about our favorite team in our favorite sport and i'm watching my second favorite sport on television because college basketball has returned so it's a good night yeah i'm glad college basketball's back as well that's my second favorite season after baseball i appreciate you coming on we are in the thick of things as far as rumor season is concerned and hot stove season is concerned free agency is about to get ramped up here i think it's already kind of technically started there's not been any big news happen other than some guys getting qualifying offers and some guys not getting qualifying offers the the first thing i kind of wanted to look at was something that i noticed last night and that was that the yankees did not offer a qualifying offer, and I'm saying the word offer way too many times, but they didn't offer um, one to D.D. Gregorius, a guy that we have all thought to be at least a player that the Reds are interested in. What does that mean to you? Because I almost kind of took that as maybe the Yankees are pretty confident in their ability to retain him. Well, it's either that or they feel confident that they can have uh, Gliber Torres at shortstop and DJ LeMahieu at second. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe they just didn't want to pay what it was going to take for Gregorius or they wanted to bring him back uh, cheaper. You know, Gregorius come off, came off four pretty good years with the Yankees and then uh, was had the Tommy John surgery. He was injured most of this season. It, it was a really down year. And so his stock really has fallen. Uh, I'm in the camp that the Reds need to explore that. I'm, I'm also in the, the related camp that – Let's not get our expectations too high because Gregorius is a clear upgrade. He would represent a clear upgrade for the rest, but he's not a superstar. I mean, he, he, he'll he move the needle, but it's not going to move it a lot, I guess. Um, so, yes, I'd like to have Didier Gregorius. Yes, I think his price might be somewhat right, although he's the top free agent uh, shortstop out there. But, uh, you know, how much of a game game changer he'll be, that's a question that remains to be seen. I agree with you. I don't necessarily think that he's a top-tier free agent. I think that there's like some levels of guys that you're like, okay, this this specific guy can really change and really move the playoff meter. And then maybe this guy, like Gregorius, kind of falls in the second tier in that he is interesting, but doesn't necessarily make them a playoff contender in and of himself. He also needs maybe one or two other big moves to really – make it happen would you agree with that yeah i mean you know you you can't go out necessarily and just get the the, the top guy 
that's going to really turn things around by himself. You know, I guess we could go out and trade for a Francisco Lindor or somebody like that. Maybe uh, that's a good start anyway. I look at Gregorius as a guy that's a solid, been a solidly above average shortstop for really the last five years. You know, last year he was not good. He was hurt, like I said, and, and he didn't perform when he was healthy. But if you look over the last five years, the, the, you can probably list – I don't know, five or six guys, I think, uh, that have more uh, wins above replacement that have played primarily shortstop. And we're talking about guys like Lindor and Carlos Correa and Corey Seager, um, Andrelton Simmons, uh, although most of his comes with the uh, the glove. So, you know, uh, Gregorius has been really good. The question is, is he the guy that we saw last year or is he the guy that we saw the last four years, the four years prior to that? If he's that guy the four years prior to that, that's still not a superstar, but it's an upgrade. It's uh, It helps the Reds get better and that's what they're gonna have to do at various positions so if that's the way they go i think you can make a really good case that they've improved the team significantly by bringing in gregorius and and there are some reports that the reds are at least going to be kicking the tires on that so that's kind of exciting yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to hearing the reds at least seeing their name and rumors next to guys i know that Jim Bowden came out with his list of the top 35 free agents and there were a couple that the Reds were listed next to, but not necessarily as many as I would have hoped to have seen because there were some guys that he listed like as five teams that could be fits for him and the Reds weren't in them. Like Nick Castellanos was one of them that I thought was interesting. But then again, we all know how we feel about the wonderful Jim Bowden, so I don't want to give him too much credit. <laughs> right. Um uh, what do you think? And, and before we jump into any uh, too many more names, what do you think of the Reds picking up Freddie Galvis's option? How do you view that from your perspective? Do you think that this means that they themselves think they have a shortstop, or as as I kind of hope, I, I don't necessarily know that the Reds will do this, but I kind of hope that they use him as a super middle infielder kind of. Uh, you know, super sub almost. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, my guess is that the reds and, and I do have uh, some respect for the guys that are currently making decisions. I think they've shown us that they're going to be better than the, the previous crew. But, uh, my guess is, and I think this is, uh, more than just a guess. I think it's an educated guess is that he's there as a, sort of a, a, a safety valve, so to speak. He, he, the worst case scenario is that Freddie Galvis is your starting shortstop next year. And if that means the Reds have gotten Anthony Rendon to play second base, you can probably probably live with that. I think that's the worst case scenario. I don't think the Reds really in, hope that he's going to be the shortstop. Uh, but they need somebody just in case they aren't able to do anything. You know, it, it takes uh, – they can't just unilaterally make decisions this offseason. They want to try to improve at shortstop, and they're going to try to improve at shortstop. But, you know, uh, Gregorius has to agree to come here, or another team has to agree to trade a shortstop here. So uh, I think that's worst-case scenario. I think that really, though, for the price he comes at, which is a, it was a five-year option that they picked – or $5 million option that they picked up one year, I think he makes a lot of sense as a guy that's, like you said, a, a substitute. Uh, I mean, he can back up with a really good glove at both shortstop and second base. And he's got some pop in his bat. I mean, he's a, I don't mind having a Freddie Galvis on the team. If he's your starter, you better have improved everywhere else because he'll, he'll be the weakest hitting, uh, weakest performing starter in the lineup. But as a, as a bench type guy, yeah, bring it on. I think he's a lot better than some of the guys we've seen in the past. Try to fill that role. 
Yeah, and and I agree with you because he's going to be a free swinger. Like we, if we've seen it throughout his career, if you just look at his numbers, they say, hey, his batting average is a big determining factor on what his on base percentage is, which means he doesn't take a whole lot of pitches, and that's just the way that he is. I think that he is a, a Peraza with more pop and slightly more consistency when it comes to contact. Now, that's not a ton of consistency, but at the same time, I think he would be a serviceable guy, like you said, if he is the only kind of question mark in the lineup. I don't think you can enter this season with more than, I don't know, what do you think, more than two or more than one question mark in the lineup? Can I vote for zero? <laughs> yeah, I'd love zero. Zero would be awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it, it, they have a lot of question marks right now, and you're right. They've got to fill most of them, if not all, of those question marks. I, you know, if, if shortstop and your corner outfields and second base, those are all big-time question marks right now. If two of the four or three of the four are still question marks, we're in big trouble. If one is a question mark and you're maybe kind of hoping that maybe right field, uh, you're kind of hoping that Aquino pans out well you can live with that if you've improved elsewhere and and take a flyer on a Kino and he'll hit, he'll run into some long balls and uh yeah i would more than one and you really have a hard time justifying how this team can be considered a competitive team uh unless they go out and get guys like anthony rendon and francisco lindor for example then you can maybe uh, you know then your corner outfield can be a little bit uh, weaker or your catcher perhaps exactly and to quote a wise person i once heard said this hope is not a strategy so with that in mind, I mean, he was a pretty wise guy anyway. I don't know. He, he <laughs> I don't know about fr- that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you're, you're right, though. That's something I say all the time because uh, I think all, often as Reds fans, we, we want to be hopeful and we want to, uh, you know, if, if this guy just performs like we think we can, you know, if, if Anthony Discafani is healthy this year or if, uh, you know, Jesse Winker just learns how to hit, we want to be hopeful like that. But that can't be a strategy for the front office. And so they can't be hoping guys pan out at more than, say, one position uh, and preferably zero. You need to have a real – you have a strategy to have real big league players that you can count on at every starting spot. And uh, if somebody like an Aquino comes in and just wows everybody and wins the spot, well, then that's better. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hope is not a strategy. That's one of my favorite terms. Have you tried the offer that we have for Blue Chew yet? If you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom and if you're looking to please your partner, check out BlueChew.com and enter the promo code MLB to get your first order for free today. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew has the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable form, which means that it works faster. As soon as you need it, it's ready for you. So when you need that performance boost, Blue Chew is there for you. All you got to do is chew it and do it. BlueChew.com provides a discreet and more convenient way to get your performance boost in the bedroom because you go to the website, you fill out a questionnaire for their online pharmacist, and then they send a package to your door in discreet packaging, of course. You don't have to go to a doctor's office and talk to a guy, answer some awkward questions. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy with a box of performance-enhancing pills in your hands. No, no worries about that. It gets sent to your door after you order on BlueChew.com. And if it's your first time, enter the promo code MLB to get your first order for free. BlueChew is the better cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast today.
And it's always tough to admit that, too, because we as fans like to ascribe a lot more value to our own guys than sure. we like to admit. I mean, because hope, with hope not being a strategy, that kind of leads me into my next thought and taking us away from Hotso for just a moment and take a break here to thank a fella that something happened that we kind of thought was going to happen, and that is that D- Derek Dietrich was – uh, waved off of the 40-man roster. He was outrighted to AAA. He, I still have not seen a report as to if he has refused that assignment to become a free agent, but I would be very surprised if he didn't. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, your reaction to that, because I know that the news had just uh, kind of come over on uh, Monday. Well, we all love Derek Dietrich, and if, if he is in fact gone, then uh, we'll have to have a requiem for, uh, for Derek Dietrich because uh, he was a fun guy to root for, easy to root for. I'm not entirely certain that he will be uh, that that he won't be in a red uniform next year. I, I think it's too soon to say that. Now, if I'm him, I'm probably going to um, test the free agent market. I'm probably going to you know refuse that assignment and uh, and and test the waters. But with the way the the free agent market's been the last few years, you know, <laughs> Derek Dietrich when he was brought in last year was a guy that I thought, man, this guy's a perfect uh, utility guy. Mm-hmm. He's got some real power. He's going to get exposed if you start him too much. And they had that great start, and everybody wanted to sort of hand him the job. But he ne- it, he never changed from what we all thought at the beginning that he could be, which is a really solid bat for a bench guy that can play. doesn't play defensively very well, but he can certainly play a, a number of different positions. So, you know, he may get out on the on the market, and, and those guys weren't valued on the free agent market the last couple of years. And he may see there's not much out there and then also see that there's one city that he could uh, sign a contract uh, and, and play for where he's already beloved. You know, and uh, and I think that the Reds would be well served by bringing him back as a bench guy. I think he can help a, a really good uh, Reds team uh, if they were good. He could help them by being a bench player. And uh, he's, uh, you know, again, he's got this uh, fan base here that he, he kind of cultivated this year. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties to explore bringing him back, whether uh, whether he refuses the assignment or not. And I do expect him to clear uh, he needs to at least see what's uh, out there. If somebody wants to guarantee him a starting spot, but uh, he needs to grab it. But I'm not, just I'm not sure who that would be. Right, and and I'm with you. I, I had kind of made the argument a little bit ago that he would be the perfect 13th player on the roster, the perfect like last bench guy, a great bat, great left-handed bat with pop coming off the bench. And so it's like it kind of stung. And, and I'm with you. Um, I'd love to see them bring him back and if that's the case i had a very emotional heartfelt goodbye to him on monday that i will need to then bring back and we'll have an emotional heartfelt welcome back party i guess that'd be uh... be fun though that'd be fun (laughs) to celebrate him coming back after we all think he's gone because i think you're right that he's probably not going to be back i'm just not willing to give up hope on that yet and that that's always a good thing always a good thing and with that kind of leading in, uh, some guys that could be brought in, uh, just some names that I've saw. I, I obviously, you know, I mean, I don't know as far as numbers what it would take. I know that there's probably some ballpark ideas of what we could see the Reds having to pay to get Yasmani Grandal or uh, Nicholas Castellanos, guys like that. Who have you looked at on the free agent market and has really just kind of caught your eye and be like, man, I'd love to see the Reds bring him in maybe – uh, as a key piece this off season, uh, other than Anthony Rendon, I think we can all agree on Anthony Rendon. Yeah, that's the guy that I've been uh, beating the <laughs> drum for, but I, I I do understand that's a 
that's a long shot. To me, the free agent market's not really – it's not great. Uh, you know, yeah. if I were going to pick a couple of them, Gregorius is one of them, and, and Yasmani Grandal's the other. I do like Castellanos. I think he could help the team. But I think if you upgrade with Gregorius and Grandal, you've really made uh, real strides. And then you try to focus on making a trade for somebody else at one of these other positions. Yeah. I think that's that could be a way to, to really improve the team pretty quickly. And uh, and I think Yasmani Grandal and Gregorius both are clear upgrades. Grandal a significant upgrade, and uh, I think really that those two together move the needle. I also like the fact that they're former you know Reds uh, farmhands, yeah. and so I think the Reds are Reds are trying out the new money ball, which is to draft guys, s- trade them away so that some <laughs> other organization can uh, can develop them properly, and then bring them back. To help the Reds once they've established themselves and been developed, that's the that's the new market inefficiency. How do you de- how do you fix a developmental deficiency in your organization? You just get rid of them so someone else can fix it for you, and then you bring them back yeah, whenever they right. That's a very creative strategy. I like it. Yeah, yeah. People aren't talking about that enough. I'd love to see a book written about that. I I think it would be a very thin book. But no, I think so. Yes. But so. Uh, no, but, that. But I think it makes it does make sense for the Reds to think really hard. I bring those are the two guys that I would really focus on uh, in my mind. I mean, Rendon obviously, I'd break the bank for that guy, but because uh, I think he really changes his team immediately. Just like trading for a Lindor or potentially trading for a Mookie Betts would really change the narrative around this team. I think it's a, a little bit of a lesser thing, but bringing in both those guys and you're upgrading over, you know, Jose Iglesias and over the the Barnhart Casali uh, duo catcher who I don't hate, but still, Grandal's a huge upgrade. I think that really starts to get us in the in the territory where we can really believe that this is a legitimate team and maybe only need to, to, to fill in some of the some of the pieces around them. What do you think of the thought, too, with Grandal coming in, that something that I, just just an idea that I had, I don't even know that it's an idea that the Reds would even consider, but bringing in Grandal, he could be, you know, the main catcher, but then you don't uh, lessen Barnhart's role considerably because then you can almost create a sort of timeshare, not 50-50 by any stretch, but maybe 70-30 between Grandall and Votto at first base, and then you got Barnhart playing catcher. I don't know, just a thought that I had. I don't, does that sound crazy? That's funny you mentioned that because literally I was doing something else today, and that for whatever reason that popped into my head. Uh, almost, not necessarily those numbers in terms of the, the time-sharing arrangement, but just that, boy, wouldn't it be good if, if you had uh, Grandall and then Barnhart can play, you know, 40% of the games or something anyway, you know, right. and, and and so you got 60% of the games with Grandall behind the plate. Maybe you can get another, you know, 10, 15, 20% just by working it out so that he's spelling Votto, who's going to need more days off uh, this year and going forward. So uh, I think that would be a great creative way to keep Barnhart in the lineup because Barnhart's not going he's not going to kill you. I mean, you know, Barnhart is a I would love, I've said it before. I would love for Tucker Barnhart to be the Reds backup catcher for the next 10 years. I think he could do that. Right. He gets on base, he's good defensively. Uh he's a little bit exposed when he's the primary starter. So, yeah, I love that idea. I think it's a fantastic idea and uh from your mouth to uh, Dick Williams's ear because uh, <laughs> I think it I think it fills a, a backup first baseman role and you're going to need somebody to fill that role. Absolutely. Uh, and uh and you keep Grandall's bat in the lineup while also maybe a lower impact position physically for him. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the key here is that we're looking to get bats. And and stopping short 
of signing a bunch of designated hitters and then trying to pass them as defensively viable. I, I think that you're looking for the offense first, and then if they've got a glove on them, then that's fantastic too. But like Grandall, I mean, he's an overall great catcher, but he's much more heavier on the offensive side than on the defensive side. I mean, you got Tucker's glove, and like you mentioned, the more you can get Grandall's bat into the lineup, I think that the Brewers did a really good job of that, and they kind of basically set the blueprint for how to use Grandall. And I think the Reds can utilize that very well. Uh, and especially with Joey, because I, I think there's this specter about him. And, and it's almost become like, I know the narrative was, until he does it, I'm not going to believe that he can't do it. But it's almost turning into hope that we see him getting better because everything has showed that he's getting worse. And I think if you kind of take a little bit off his plate, not a ton, not like, you know, we're talking about taking the turkey off the Thanksgiving plate here, but if you take a little bit, maybe just take the cranberry sauce off of his plate, then maybe he will be better served with what he has to work with. I don't know. That's just just my thoughts with Joey because I think as we get to this point in his career, we need to understand we're not getting 162 games out of him anymore. That's just not on the table. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. They're going to be creative about that. And I just, I, I love the idea of letting Grandall serve that role. I mean, you know, if, okay, you let Votto play uh, DH for, you know, 10 interleague games or how many ever there are. I think there's 10 uh, road uh, interleague games. You, uh, and then, you know, pick another, uh, you know, 20, 25 games during the season that uh, you rest Votto. And that's so you get to the point where you got 35 games or 40 games of, uh, Grandall at first base, and that really lessens the impact on him physically, keeps his bat in the lineup. I just, Votto, I think, is going to be good this year. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. I really believe that, but I think that's only going to be possible if, as you suggest, they really are aggressive with managing what they call in the NBA, they call it uh, load management, you know. Yep. Uh, you got to really, you got to really watch how much uh, stress you put on it, especially a guy at his age. Because he's like, you know, 75, 76 years old. I can't remember exactly. I haven't checked, but he's old. Yeah. <laughs> and and like we said, we have Dick Williams here. So, Dick, while you're listening to us, make sure. I know that this shouldn't be like a top priority for this offseason, but make sure <laughs> it's on the list somewhere. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. We're going to stop the interview right there for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to jump into a couple of questions from Twitter and from the Locked On Reds line, so you're not going to want to miss that. Got a lot of great thoughts on some off-season moves, and we even get into a little bit of talk about the cinema. But that's going to come tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast for the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on all the major podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. I learned something new yesterday. Lockdown Reds is on the iHeartRadio app. So if you get on the iHeartRadio app and look up Lockdown Reds, you can pull it right up there. You can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app as well. Definitely check that out. Also follow us on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Locked On Reds. And save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. As I said before, we're finishing the interview with Chad Dotson on tomorrow's podcast. Make sure to tune into that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.